This season is sponsored by Future Farm, the revolutionary meatless meat food company from Brazil. They're cooking up products which can match and exceed our juicy meaty favourites on taste, texture and sizzling flavour using only 100% natural ingredients. My favourite? There's too much choice. But if I had to choose, hands down, it would be the future meatballs and future mints in my classic lasagna dish. And get this, they're standing up for some pretty big things too, like reclaiming the Amazon rainforest back by fostering the movement towards GMO-free and deforestation-free products in place of those that are unethical and illegal. Definitely not just another plant-based brand, hey? Very up my street. The full Future Farm range is available now at Sainsbury's. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, industry insiders, and people who, well, just love their food to find out all about their life, career, and favorite tastes along the way. Today, I'm joined by Eitan Bernath, the 18-year-old cookery star who has amassed a social media following of over 4 million people. Yes, 4 milli. Eitan first tried his hand at TV cooking when he was on Food Network's Chopped, aged just 12. Fast forward several years and he's the internet sensation we all need to know about. Whether it's cooking a steak with an iron, baking cake-sized cinnamon rolls or deep frying water, is there anything he doesn't do? The power of social media allows people like Eitan to create lucrative careers and businesses and is a discussion I'm really interested in and perhaps might need some guidance on. What a pleasure it is to have the don of social media and cooking, Eitan Berneth, joining me. Hi! Hello, that was quite the intro. Thank you. I love hearing my voice in an English accent. Um, please introduce me everywhere. That was fun. Always, always. I, what is it about the Americans? They love a British accent. Uh, we do. I can't even tell you. I actually did a video recently on my Facebook page where I was making like Harry uh, Butterbeer from Harry Potter. And I did the entire video in a horrific British accent. It's just why are you not do why are you not talking in a British accent then for this podcast? I mean I can't, but I'm really bad at <laughs> I'm really bad. That's not bad. <laughs> Terrible. Do you know what's funny? But, Whenever I hear Americans try and do a, a British accent, so we have like a um it's kind of like a dialect called Cockney. Yep. So it kind of comes out sound sounding like Cockney. Yeah. I mean, don't even ask me to do my American accent because it's shocking. So we'll do that for another day. <laughs> so how are you? I'm doing well. Um, lots of lots of things going on always. Um, I'm really grateful for everything going on. And I just feel like super blessed with everything that's happening right now. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, you've had a crazy year and we're going to get onto that in a minute. Um, it's what time where you are? It's about 7 a.m. in the morning? Yes. Did you have breakfast yet? I did. I actually wake up pretty early every I wake up at 6 a.m. every day. Um, so to be honest, when I took when I was host at 7 a.m., I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I have time to get dressed and ready, eat. Um, so this is great. And what did you have? 
So I actually, it's actually today, it's the holiday of Purim when we're recording Oh, this. yes, of course. Yeah. And um, so I had homentasha, which are like the classic cookie. My dad makes them every year. Uh, it's like Amazing. one of his things, like I don't even touch them. Like it's my dad's domain to make. Um, so I had like two of those for breakfast. So basically I just ate cookies for breakfast. I mean, does it get better than that? I don't think no, so. No, they were delicious. <laughs> so we are going to get on to kind of what has happened to you and it, and it really has happened very recently just the, the the phenomenon that is your career um but i just want to take it back to your childhood a bit so you were born and raised in new jersey i want to know what life was like you know what were you eating who was cooking how did food play a part in your life you know was it important mm-hmm. kind of just give me the story So I grew up in New Jersey, as you said, and I had a very normal childhood. I mean, I went to day school. I wasn't like pushed into entertainment or anything. Kind of just happened naturally. Um, Ever since I was a little kid, I've been just obsessed with food. I love eating. Um, It's like my favorite activity. Although I have like the metabolism of like a racehorse, so it goes right, (laughs) it goes right through me. Um, I can like literally eat whatever I want. Um, Well, it might eventually catch up to me, but for right now, I'm going to hold on to it and. You know, I never really fit in with like the little leagues or different things like that. And I would always like ask my mom to cook these crazy things that I saw on like Food Network or on YouTube and things like that. I'd be like, oh, mom, can you make these like beer battered onion rings with like a avocado burger that Guy Fieri made on TV? And she's like, all right, do that. Like, why don't you try? So things like that kind of got me in the kitchen. And then I realized once I started cooking that like I loved that like I was able to make the food that I was craving. I always joke that I have pregnancy cravings, even though it's physically impossible because I get like such intense food cravings. Like, like when I get a craving for food, like I will literally do it. Like just yesterday, actually I drove 40 minutes because someone I know made babka and I wanted it 40 minutes each way. Oh my God. Don't get me started on babka. Can I tell you a very funny story about me and babka? Yes. Um, So last year in the midst of lockdown, when just life is all a bit crazy, like that's my favorite thing in the world is babka. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and make it. So to cut a very long story short, there was a shortage in the whole of the UK on yeast because everyone decides to make bread during Mm -hmm. a pandemic. What else are you going to do? And I sent my mum out to go and get some yeast. She had one job to find the yeast. So she ended up in some Italian delicatessen and was sold what she thought was yeast. She comes back with this yeast and I'm like, mum, I've never worked with yeast. I don't think it's yeast because it doesn't look like yeast. It looks like baking powder, but let's just go with it. Let's see what happens. Anyway, the recipe that I was following was like a two day recipe where I was having to like prove this bloody cake in the airing cupboard and this, that and whatever. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, it wasn't yeast. It was baking powder and my dough did not rise. And I was filming it all as part of this YouTube, uh, for my YouTube channel. And when I was plating the babka, it was all falling apart. And I think because I was so emotional because, you know, life was so crazy at the time, I burst into tears. (laughs) And so everyone everyone in my family now knows that babka made me cry. I mean, I think Bobka's worth crying over. I yeah, I agree. It. And it's worth traveling for as well. So good for you. Oh, yeah. Yes, for sure. Was it worth and it? So that, oh, yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and I got two full loaves. So I've like, it kind of it like can fill me out for like about a week or so. Amazing. I mean, who was the primary cook? Was your mum cooking all the time? I know you wanted her to sort of make all these crazy things that you were watching on TV. But, you know, what was sort of like a typical meal for you guys at home? 
Yeah, so my mom, I think, does most of the cooking in my family. My dad makes a bunch of different dishes, and he has, like, his, like, specialties he makes. And, like, he only makes these things, but he makes them really well. Um, but my mom definitely does most of the cooking. So my mom makes we, – we've kind of – I kind of grew up eating a lot of food from around the world. It's what I'm interested in now. It's what I've always eaten. Um, so we would have Indian curries with different breads and rices, and or we'd have, like, Mediterranean food or different – parts of Asian cuisine. So we kind of always ate cuisines from around the world, which really kind of sparked my interest in that. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think one of the other reasons I kind of was interested in cooking is my mom also made a lot of traditional Jewish food. Um, and I don't really enjoy traditional <laughs> eating traditional Jewish yeah. food that much. So for me, cooking was kind of like, yeah, for me, cooking was like, oh, like, I want to like kind of cook like some other types of food. Um, And that kind of was one of the things that motivated me. And then growing up, I also was just really um, kind of shockingly, I was really picky as a little kid. Like if you told my parents that I was like six years old, that I would one day have a career in food, like they would not believe you. Like I didn't eat chicken. I didn't eat fruits. I didn't eat vegetables. I basically just ate bread, which honestly (laughs) bread still consists a major part of my diet, but I also eat a lot of other things now. But literally when I was a little kid, I was very picky. I've heard that your dad is a brilliant lucka maker. Yes. Um, so that's one of the untouchables in my family because my dad <laughs> does it. Um, so this year, just because I need to create content, obviously, I did make some lakas. Um, ah. And actually on Drew, I had challenged him to a, um, a laka competition, which actually never even happened. But um, his lakas are great. Mine are, I, I think, a little better. But that's what one day we'll have our laka competition. What is the secret to a good laka? Do you think? So I think, and it's one of the reasons I think my recipe is a little better than his. <laughs> if we were to have a competition, is um, really squeezing out all of the water from the potatoes mm. and then letting that kind of settle and then dumping out the liquid. And on the bottom, you're left with the potato starch. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of breaks up. It's like this kind of like white powdery gooey night gooeyness and then you add that back into the potato mixture and that kind of gives it a nice binder um and i also think just kind of going simple you don't want to put too much in the laka you want to be just potato heavy and then the toppings are also important you're making me hungry i haven't had a laka in so long me neither um you were on chopped at a very young age were you the youngest contestant they've ever had from in the actual main show chopped yeah, so I literally like every interview I do, the person's like, oh, so how was Chop Jr.? And then I never want to correct them. Yeah. But because like it's just awkward to do so. But I actually wasn't on Chop Jr., mm. I was on Chopped. Mm. Um, it was long before Chop Jr. existed. And I mean, for people listening just on audio, they probably wouldn't, they can't see, but this is actually my Chop jacket behind me. Oh my gosh. Yes, he has it yes. framed. Oh my God, I love it. Yes. Yeah, so cool. um, I. I forget who was the youngest, but my episode was the youngest. I was I was um, 11 when I competed, 12 when it aired. Um, and I think the other kids were also like 11. Maybe one of them was 10. I don't exactly remember. It was, it was quite a while ago. But um, after that episode, it was wildly successful. And then they made the entire Chop Junior show after that. So now, of course, they have lots of little kids. But at the time, uh, we were the youngest competitors. Amazing. You were so ahead of your time. You started the trend, Aton. <laughs> I guess you could say so. And now kind of like just fast forwarding to sort of like present day, you know, we are living in this crazy social media world that is, I think, kind of pushing boundaries that none of us ever imagined, you know. Um, 
I kind of want to take it back to when you really sort of started engaging with that. I know that, you know, you did this uh, this video on TikTok that amassed such a huge um, viewership. When did you realize that you were kind of onto something? You know, how, you know, like, what was your mentality at the time? Um, because, you know, it's happened very quick for you. I mean, so for me, like I, ever since I was a little kid and like, I loved watching Food Network and different things like that. Like I'd always tell my parents like, one day I'm going to be cooking on TV. Um, so I've definitely always had really high goals for myself and like um, expectations. So I definitely would say, I wouldn't really describe any of the success I've had as like accidental. Like I, I think a lot of everything I do is very like intentional, um, even down to the first video that went viral of mine on TikTok, which was like my world's best school cafeteria check video, which is basically like me just showing my school's insane cafeteria. Um, I think that one of the things that I love about social media, and I think it's been kind of the biggest thing and why social media has had such a boom and why uh, it's really been an incredible thing, in my opinion, is it's kind of like democratized uh, fame. It used to kind of be that in Hollywood, in order for someone to get famous and to like live that lifestyle and gain millions of fans, you, you had to be chosen by someone. Like there had to be some big executive who was like, okay, like you at an audition, I like you, I want to put you on TV, you're going to become famous. Uh, but what social media has done is it's really made it that like, it's like the people get to decide. That's and so especially true, with actually. the recent, yeah, and especially with the recent um, shift in the platforms where it went from like, the content that you're being served is just from people you follow, whereas now almost all the platforms have been started this computer selected content, like TikTok was where it really started, where the computer is showing you videos from people you didn't even know existed. And then based on how you interact with those videos, it will then show you more videos. So what I think has been incredible about social media is it really allows the people to decide who they want to become big. And that's opened up so many um so many avenues for people that would never be chosen. Um, it's really kind of diversified the amount of people, the types of people that are able to acquire fame. I mean, it used to really be kind of just like, okay, whoever these rich white male executives want to make famous. Um, whereas now it really has made it that the people are deciding and that they are able to choose who becomes famous and who acquires that level of fame. And it's really been been able to have so many other people who would just never be chosen, whether it's people who are like plus size models or people who are activists for things that maybe the more rich people who decide these mm -hmm. things wouldn't support or people who have darker skin or people who speak other language, like the, 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 all those barriers that used to exist in Hollywood um, and around the world in fame have been like broken down because it's no longer up to one person or a small group of people to decide who's famous or who gets to make it. It's up to the people and the people following are a diverse group of people. So then subsequently they're going to choose and to follow a diverse group of people. I've never thought of it like that. You've actually like broken it down for me in like into a format that really makes sense. It's kind of like the people have spoken. And also I can imagine it's probably showing the the rich white man sitting in his office in Hollywood actually what the people want and what sells and what makes money. And that perhaps, you know, the uh, the mentality has really changed. 
Yeah, 100%. I think that it's been like incredible to see then how a lot of people from social media are then making their way into mm. more traditional forms of media. Um, it's something that I've been working on doing. And I know that for like even Lily Singh's a great example. She's the first um, South Asian woman to ever host a late night show on NBC or on any major network. Um, so I think it's really shown that like Hollywood is like slowly catching up to like, oh, wow, there's other people that people are interested in following. Uh, and I think it's been really incredible to see kind of traditional forms of media really start catching up to social media. And I mean, if you look across the board, I mean, publications and traditional forms of media have really been diversifying who they're featuring, what types of stories they're telling. Uh, I think it's been just really incredible. And it, it honestly really excites me um, to be able to see. And even like one example is um, Amanda Gorman, who gave this speech uh gave the poem at the inauguration um i think with social media like she went from i, I followed her literally the second i saw her on screen she went from like six hundred thousand now in the many <laughs> any million yeah in the many millions um and she's now gotten so many opportunities and i've been following her it just makes me so excited to see mm. so i think it's just like it's really cool how like it almost and then you kind of feel part of it in a sense like i feel almost like part of her journey because mm -hmm. I saw her perform the poem. I felt really inspired. I followed her. And now literally every day I'm like, I'm like, okay, what other cool opportunity is she going to get next? Mm -hmm. So I think it also, it makes the fans more involved and they almost feel like they're part of the journey because the, the reality is without your fans, you wouldn't have any of these opportunities. And so it kind of makes the fans feel even more involved because they know that they are the reason these things are happening, even though yes, they're one of maybe 5 million people that are the reason it's still each and every one of them contributes to it. I think also it kind of closes the relationship between fan and celebrity. You know, back in the day, these were the untouchables. These were the people that you'd put on a pedestal. They were deities. They were gods. You know, you think about, we're taking it way back, you know, like you'd never be able to think that you'd ever be able to like, converse or interact with like Michael Jackson or you know any of these people you know mm -hmm. but whereas now you actually can engage in celebrities in whether it be Amanda whether it be some huge Hollywood star whether it be social media stars whatever it might be you kind of feel like not that you've got like a friendship with them but the pedestal just lowers a little bit it makes them more relatable the biggest change I think I've seen in the past two years on social media is A-list Hollywood celebrities are now trying to become more relatable, post content that like yeah. relates to, to their audience. And I, I think it's been really fascinating how like mm. you see people like J-Lo vlogging and I... I love her content. I think it's fascinating to see like the behind the scenes. So it's been really interesting, like seeing how a lot of these more traditional celebrities are now like kind of coming over to the, the, less traditional sides um so i think it's been really interesting absolutely i mean obviously you know tiktok has been amazing for you i think i feel like i might be a bit too old for tiktok i still don't quite get it um i do have an account i'm very nervous to even begin because i don't know what kind of crazy path it's going to lead me to but like what would you say was your favorite platform like what where do you feel most comfortable so I think for me, Instagram's where I started on. Um, I feel like it still almost feels like home base for me. Um, I think I love that Instagram has so many types of posts, which I really like, um, whether it's Instagram stories, whether it's reels, whether it's a regular feed post and IGTV. I really enjoy that there's so many ways to create content on it. 
Um, I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I actually, I recently, I recently did a video. It's like a 73 questions with Vogue. And I watched Vogue, it. it. I love it. Thank you. And in that video, I... I um, also really want your apartment, by the way. Uh, yeah, it is beautiful. It's actually a short-term rental while I look for more of a long-term place. Uh, but yeah, oh, no, it is fab. It is gorgeous. Thank you. And in that in that, in that that interview, well, it wasn't really an interview because I wrote the questions, but um, that was one of the questions and I accidentally made it sound like I already had children. So I was like, I was like oh, picking between social media and what <laughs> social media things is like picking between my children. I was like, well, wait, no, I don't have children. I meant as if I had children. <laughs> Yeah, I, but also in a way, like your platforms are, are like your babies. You know, they all kind of serve a different purpose as well, as well, like to come to one big thing. Oh yeah, 100%. They're like, they all need their own care. They all have their own quirks and difficulties and challenges. I mean, truly for me on my end, like I really create content differently for each platform. I'm not just taking the same thing and just posting it the same way in all mm. different platforms. Um, there's obviously a lot of crossover, but it's I'm really intentional about how I post on each platform because also the audiences are different. I know that my Facebook followers are an older demographic than my TikTok followers. So they need different types of content on Facebook. People have a longer attention span there. So on there, I'm going to give them like a three-minute video, whereas on TikTok or Reels with younger audiences, I'm going to give them like a 30-second piece of content because they don't have the patience to watch three minutes. So for me as a creator of content on social media, I'm really intentional about what I what I post. And I really think about who's the audience watching it how what what's their attention span what are they interested in um how crazy should i act how like there's just so many different elements to each platform and i think for me one of the reasons i've had success on almost all of them has been because i really treat them each as individuals and the fans on those each each of those platforms i treat as individuals and and i think of them differently i interact with them differently um so for me i think it's really important to understand that yeah you have like one fan base and one i call like my digital family but there's a different subsets of people throughout you did mention um drew so the drew that we are that the Aton has actually mentioned is you have a huge fan um in the likes of drew barrymore um talk to me about how that sort of connection came about because you are the principal culinary contribute contributor on her show right yes i know so I did, when i first got the title i was like i was like it rolls off the tongue a little <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue so easy but drew drew is definitely um the friend that i did not know that i would ever have nor that I ever would need but she is incredible um i had first had an appearance on her show um early, at the end of last year and i had a blast we had a really fun time um, it was the first time I'd ever like met True was actually while we were on air. And um, it was just really a blast. I think the two of us had really great chemistry on camera and um, clearly her and her producers thought as well. And then shortly after I signed a contract with them to be her principal culinary contributor. Um, see, I got, the one, I got that one in one, uh, one go. No, you did it. You got it. <laughs> You know, you know what you're doing. And um, <laughs> it has been really incredible. Uh, I actually, Variety, I believe, had, I didn't even know this until they had reported it. Um, I'm actually the first, I don't like to call myself a TikToker because I do a lot more than TikTok, but technically, yes, I got a lot of like my success from TikTok. So we'll call myself a TikToker for this instance. Um, that I'm the first TikToker to ever land a television, a regular television role, um, which is really 
crazy. I was like, I was like, are you sure like Charlie Emilio hasn't done this yet or something? I'm like, I'm like, she's definitely probably got an offer before, but I guess I'm the first one to actually do it. Um, and it was just really incredible to a just like to really achieve one of my goals, which was to do television. Um, and then B to do it with one of the biggest legends in entertainment history um, is truly just an honor. And uh, for me, I think it was just really incredible getting to know Drew, like also off camera. And like, like for example, when I was on set, like being able to talk to her off camera and seeing like, oh my God, like she actually does watch my videos. She referenced multiple different parts of different videos I had recently posted. And I think just, I really love her energy. For me, I'm someone like I, I'm I'm like a serial optimist. I I people are like, oh, how are you always happy? I'm not. I get sad. I get upset. I get depressed. Like I'm a normal human, but I definitely do try to spend most of my time happy and excited about things. And I think she just has that same kind of contagious energy that I'm that that really mm-hmm. excites me. And it's even off camera. I mean, she she just has such an energy to her that even off camera, like just on set with her like she's just like always like she kind of feels like the life of the party always even if there's no parties going on right now but um I just think that she has the most incredible energy and excitement for food that I'm just truly honored to get to work with her I mean actually speaking about energy you know you your videos are very high octane very high energy something that I really wish um I had (laughs) you know how do you how do you keep up the energy you know if you if you know you've got a day sort of shooting content what is like what's the typical day how are you sort of like getting like, do you kind of like have your Sasha fierce to your Aton? like do you kind of have to like go into a certain zone or is this just you like you know I know that presenting and sort of hosting things is meant to kind of be just the person but there is that kind of form of a slightly heightened version of the person you know I even have it with myself yeah, no, I mean, definitely, I would say I'm always, like, me on camera. I'm not, like, acting. Uh, but like any other performer, like, it's a performance. Uh, for example, J-Lo is not always doing her dance moves and and singing like that 24-7. Um, it, it's definitely a performance. It's kind of, you, you want to be a refined version of yourself. You want to be a more entertaining version of yourself. If I spoke, like, the way I spoke in my videos 24-7, like, I would be probably like just chugging espresso to have that much energy which actually fun fact I have I well except for like a video I once took a few sips I've never like drink like I don't drink coffee um I yeah <laughs> I love your face that wait I do not drink I coffee. know for anyone who isn't watching this my face my mouth dropped slightly so wait so you're getting up at six and are you like awake yeah I I mean of course I'm really grateful to um be able to have a job that I love so much but um yeah no to be honest I I wake up I'm actually like a very I'm a pretty light sleeper so like I wake up and I literally will jump in bed like I am ready to go for the day uh which I know is not most people love that but yeah I wake up with quite a lot of energy and then for me like a normal day um of shooting content is honestly almost every day but um when my like my big days um I will usually I usually will wake up around six. I'll do about an hour of like computer work, emails and stuff like that from the night before. And then around, um, so I will get ready. And then usually by seven, I'm ready. Um, I definitely can say the one thing that I don't, when I don't have to film, I definitely look like absolute trash. I don't do my hair. I just discovered that I have like wavy slash curly hair like last week. Cause it was one day where I wasn't recording any content. I didn't do my hair. And then my hair was just like curly. And I was like, what on earth? Like, I never do this. 
So wait, so when you wash your hair, do you not see that it's it's like drying curly or are you are you blow drying it? I immediately blow dry it like every single day of my life. Oh my god. Yeah, I I was having like You must a have been like what's happened to me? Yeah, I post on my Instagram story. I'm like, guys, I'm having a midlife crisis. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah, so once I do my hair, get ready um, and everything, I then I do about an hour of computer work. And then I'll usually shoot videos from around 8 a.m. Um, to usually about like, honestly, 8 p.m. Um, I wow. Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest power days I mean, for YouTube days, those are really long. Um, usually YouTube days uh, will be like a 15 to 16 hour shoot day. Um, just because they, they take so much time. Um, and then honestly, like I, I'm a big fan. Okay. I have a theory. It's not my theory, but it's a theory I'm a big fan of the 20 minute nap. Hear me out. You ever heard of, okay, okay ready? I'm a big fan of the 20 minute yeah. nap. Um, I read online somewhere that your body falls into REM sleep around 20 to 30 minutes for most people. And so that's why, you know, if we take like a two hour nap, a lot of times you'll wake up like really groggy, but if you nap for only 20 minutes, your body doesn't have a chance to fall into REM sleep. And then it's just like a light nap. Like you feel a little bit rested and it gives like a little boost of energy to keep going. So I am a frequent 20 minute napper in the middle of the day to give like an extra little boost. Okay. But my question then is you're, you're going to go have the nap. Are you going to sleep straight away? So it's not, like, would you fall asleep? quite easily it's like sleep ish like it, it, it's enough to like give you that extra little boost because the, the reality is yeah. it, it is really exhausting um filming my videos um it really does drain a lot of energy um yeah. because i'm really expelling a lot of energy you know when i'm on camera there's so much i'm thinking about you're thinking about a like what are you doing B, you're thinking about, okay, how do I do it to camera? So like, well, even one thing I was just talking about recently is like when I'm whisking something on camera or doing something in a pan, I, I would just like, like, there's like regular cooking and then there's camera cooking. So like, for example, if I'm whisking eggs on camera, like without even thinking about it, like I will have the bowl lean towards the camera while I'm whisking, whereas naturally mm -hmm. that's just strange. Um, or if I'm mixing something in a pan, there's different ways. So you're thinking about that. I'm thinking about, okay, what am I saying? Because for most of my videos, like there's no script. So I'm like coming up with what I want to say on the spot. But what am I saying? What are, what are my body movements? I mean, for me, um, a lot of the videos I do are very high energy. And like, I'm really trying to capture people's attention. You, like, like people, especially on social media, have a very short attention span. You have to keep them going. So if I was just standing here like, all right, now I'm going to add this in, like, boring next next video swipe yeah so i'm yeah. always like moving my body and like yeah. like another thing you'll notice i if you notice i do a lot is i'll kind of change the interjection the the tone of my voice a lot um so i'll talk much higher i'll talk lower i'll talk slower i'll talk faster and that's all it looks kind of random on video but it's all very intentional to basically keep the audience's attention going and kind of kind of just like in a movie how movies want to have a wide range of emotions and tv shows to keep you going For, to be honest like i try to mimic that in my videos i try to have moments of calm moments of chaos uh so it's really all just trying to make the viewer enjoy the video and want to keep watching and how did you learn this sort of stuff like who was of influence to you as you were kind of starting to do more and, and develop more i mean you know for someone who is just making some videos at home, let's say, they wouldn't know about this sort of stuff. Like I, I know about it cause I do a little bit, but I'm nowhere near anywhere, a fraction of what you're doing. But you know, you're absolutely right. You need to engage that viewer literally within the first 
two three seconds mm-hmm. otherwise same as me i'll swipe up i'm not interested you need to get me immediately my, my attention span is not there i've got too many other things going on in my life so like where were you learned like how have you learned that who told you that honestly i don't know if there's any specific person i mean for me i whenever i do anything right we always joke that like i always do everything to like the highest of high extremes like when I started my YouTube channel, the first YouTube video I ever posted, like I filmed that on like, a, it's called a Sony FS7. It's like basically like cameras use a lot in TV and high end production. Yeah. I had like four people on set. Like it was a whole massive production. So I think for me, when I do something, I like to know as much as I can about it and do it to the, to the nth degree. So for me, I don't know if it's any specific person, but like for me, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by it and I always want to be able to do the best job I can. So I do everything I can. So for example, the social media platforms, if you have a creator account, give you tons of data and information. So I can see on my videos, okay, how, what, what's the average view? When did most people drop off? Okay. What was I doing at that moment when people mm. stopped watching? Why did I lose their interest? You can see your demographic. You can see what other videos, a lot of platforms will show you that, like what other videos do the people who watch your videos watch? So I think basically they just give you a lot of data. And then for me, it's just been a lot of trial and error. I mean, I always like I was on an interview and like someone asked me some question. I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for so long. And like they burst out laughing because I'm 18 years old. Like most people are doing for a long time. It's like when they're 40 or 50. Um, And, but for me, I mean, I've been doing this now for six years, which in my 18 year old life, like that's a while. Um, So I think for me, it's also just been like, I've been doing it for so long that like I've, it's a lot of trial and error. And I think for me, I've never been afraid of like failing. I mean, I'm like a serial um not carer about other people's opinions um so, Good. yeah i mean you need it to, to have this job i mean i was i was talking about an interview yeah. i did um in this newspaper earlier this week about how i really believe it's important to not listen to either of the extremes too much if you focus too much on the negative you'll feel really bad about yourself and you'll be discouraged and it, the mm-hmm. same goes if you listen to too much of the positive feedback i mean one of my biggest goals honestly throughout all of this is to not not have what the typical kind of like young teenager who gets fame and money at a young age happens where you like become really arrogant. You think you're on top of the world. You think you're unstoppable and you, you get this really big head. And to be honest, because I had such a normal upbringing, like I, it's, it's honestly one of my really big goals. Um, I talk a lot about like, I go to a therapist. I, I, I'm, for me, it's something that I talk to my therapist about a lot. Me too. Love, I love, and literally anytime I talk to someone and I find out they love have a therapist, a therapist, I instantly like them more. I'm like, okay, you, we, I get you. Um, so it's like, I talk to her a lot about it really. That's just that, that's just the, um, how the conversation has gone in terms of going to therapy. But I think mental health has shifted so dramatically over the past few years. And it's so much more acceptable to even have that conversation. But bringing it back to the food, um, I mentioned in the intro, some of the crazy hacks and tricks you have um, done over the years. Is there anything else that you want to do? Like, what have we got to look forward to? Yes. In terms of world of food, because of the way the platforms work with um, the new algorithms, like you really have to come up with some crazy stuff. So for me, like I love cooking like real deal recipes and like showing you how to make like authentic Indian curries and tacos and all these other things. But the reality is I can't just do that. Um, You need to have kind of sensationalized food and things that really catches people's eyes. So the deep fried water, I burst out laughing when you said that because I, I, I forgot that I'd done that even though I just did it so it reminded me um for me like I'm always trying to think of like what is like the craziest stuff that I can do with food I mean like you said I've 
deep fried steaks. I've deep fried water. I've cooked steaks with a hair straightener. I've, I've tried it all. I mean, for me, I think that um, it's pretty hard to top deep fried water. Um, yeah, yeah, I and- think so. It was, yeah, that Thank was you. Um, so I think that for me, I, I really, one of the things I'm working on right now is I'm really trying to figure out, because I have the two types of content. I have like the virally food content, like the deep fried water, cold plated steak, which was delicious, by the way, if I may say so. Although that steak, ready for it? Guess how much money that steak was? I thought I was buying multiple steaks on this website. $200. <laughs> yep. 200 i ordered the steak and i was like oh, i wanted to like buy like a really premium steak also for like no video shoots way. you tend to buy yeah you tend to buy multiple pieces of of each of the big food because you know that you have to get pictures of it and like videos so there's so many reasons you need so i i got this and the website was very confusing and i thought i was getting three steaks i was like okay like three big cowboy steaks for 200 dollars yeah. with shipping okay not not crazy one steak shows up in the mail i'm like what? this is like 50 50 dollars a bite the gold, the gold was the cheapest part. The gold, like people don't realize, like the gold is actually like you can buy the gold literally like a pack of it for like yeah, twenty yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah. it's so it's so little. So you would think the expensive part of that video was the gold. Nope, the gold cost me twenty bucks. The steak was two hundred dollars. Bloody hell! Anyways, I hope that you literally the... savored every single bite of that. <laughs> oh yes, me, me and my whole family were just like we were like taking little bites. Like each bite you take is like ten dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But for me right now, what I'm really focused on is, okay, I have that viral fun content and I have my more like real recipes that I'm really passionate about that have really beautiful culture behind them that I want to convey to the audience. And so for me, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I get the two to like become one? Whereas like, I know, for example, if I post a video of deep fried water, that will do a hundred times better than a video of how to make like an Indian curry. To be totally honest, the Indian curry excites me a lot yeah. more. Like that's the, really the food that gets me excited. Um, so for one of my biggest challenges right now, that's something that I'm really excited about because I, I enjoy a challenge, is figuring out how do I get those type of videos to do similarly mm. to these videos? How do I still get those type of people, get the excitement behind it? And so for me, I try to really analyze, okay, what do I do in those videos that gets people to watch it beyond just the craziness of the food? And then how can I kind of incorporate that into my other videos? And obviously still do both. But for me, I'm really excited right now about figuring out how to get people just as excited about like real deal recipes as they are about like deep fried water, which is quite a challenge because deep fried water is very exciting, you know? And was it really that awful? Because when you, when you tasted it, you could tell you were like, this is vile. It was, it was horrific. I actually had tested, I tried working on two different ways to deep fry water. One of them was spherification where basically, I don't even, I'm not going to attempt to remember the, the names of the chemicals, but basically you just add these certain chemicals to water and then you add it into another liquid and you basically spherify it. So there's like a very thin outer coating, almost like a bubble okay. um, with actual water ah, on the inside, like okay. liquid flowy water. Yeah. Um, the problem with that one, when I was working on this was it was too flimsy and it broke really easily. And, and if water mm. escapes in hot oil, like that's a big fire hazard. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went with agar agar, which is basically like vegan gelatin. Um, it's made of seaweed. And that one, it just makes it kind of like a jello consistency. Mm. But like it had no flavor. It was just like very off-putting. So you bite into it and it's like crunchy on the outside. <laughs> and then the inside is just like jello. Um, I don't recommend it. No. It's, it's a fun project, but I did like... Yeah, it's it's fun and the the idea of it is fun, but the actual execution, um, I'd just rather drink water in a yeah, cup. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say you're not having it for family dinner tonight anytime soon, are you? Definitely not. No. <laughs> 
I mean, listen, the way you talk to me and the, and, and the knowledge that you have, you know, not even just like with yourself, but sort of how the whole landscape works, you know, and the dedication you're putting into it. It's quite hard to believe that you are only 18 because I'm not saying that you've got an old head on you. I don't think it's that. I think it's just that you're very, very enthused by what you're doing. And it's really lovely to meet someone who genuine, like, you know, you saying, you know, it's a challenge for me to work out how to bring that viral video in with, you know, flavors of the world or what, you know, or how to make Chinese food or Indian food or whatever, and trying to get that engagement, you know, in, in, in that little like middle ground. Um, you're going to Columbia University in the autumn, which is very exciting. That's such a beautiful university. I've walked around those grounds. How is everything going to fit into your life? You're going to have to get up even earlier. Yeah, I may have to start waking up at like four. Um, I, I'm luckily going to a very specialized program, which is part-time. Um, Columbia, I mean, both my parents work in education, so education is definitely very important in my house. And even though, I mean, I do have a full career and company and everything um i i honestly about going to columbia to like try to get a degree to get a job yeah. to be honest um but for me i just i really enjoy learning and i truly believe that in order to best entertain the world the more you know about it the better you can do um so for me i'm really excited to be able to honestly a have the education side and then on top of that i'm really looking forward to the social side and because the reality is part of what I do is I miss out on a lot of normal teenager things. I mean, most of my life has not what the norm a normal teenager goes through. So I'm really excited to have that kind of a little bit of normalcy throughout my week. The way I'm going to balance it is it, it, it is part time. So um, I'll only have to go in like one or two days a week. Um, so for me, I'm really figuring out like how to make my schedule. It's something I've been working on now. It's okay. Like, Right now, to be totally honest, I'm busy almost 24-7. <laughs> I always have shoots. I always have things going on. So it's something I'm working towards, figuring out how to have the time for that. But I really look forward um, to having that kind of normal teenage things throughout my week and like knowing that there's a time in my day. Because the reality is I'm, I'm usually one of the only teenage, like non, non I mean, I guess I'm 18, so technically I'm an adult-ish. I don't think anyone really considers 18-year-olds adults. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm rarely surrounded by other 18-year-olds yeah. in my normal yeah. day. Um, so I'm just honestly really excited for the social aspect and just to kind of experience it. And as you said, Columbia is beautiful and it's just one of like the biggest pillars of like education in, um, the, in North America. So I'm, I'm really excited and how I'm going to balance it, we shall see. But um, I'm excited to take on the challenge. Um, I know that the college system in America is very different to the UK. So in the UK, you kind of go into college with the the thing you're going to major in like you either go in and you read history or you read psychology or you go to art school so what are you, what are you going to like do you know what you're going to major in right now do you have an idea or like what's the program that you're going on to so you actually don't have to decide until like two years in okay. but i definitely think because um, I know this is a very privileged position to be in that I don't have to worry so much about, okay, like what degree do I want to get to get a job? Um, for me, one of the things that I really want to educate myself to become a better advocate about things that I'm passionate about, like um, gender equity and access to education, for specifically for women around the world who are traditionally denied education and 
um, in many parts of the world. So for me, I don't honestly, I have not had a time to look at all their different degrees, but I definitely think that something kind of in that domain that can kind of educate myself because like Columbia doesn't have any programs that teach you how to be better social media creator. Like that's just not, that's not a thing. So I think for me, I'm really interested in like trying to learn about how to become a better advocate about these things. And because truly knowledge is power. And I think that the more I know, the better advocate I can be. And then a total side thing that I'm really interested in. I I really love journalism. So I definitely think I want to try to like minor in journalism. I like in like another life, I like would love to be like a newscaster um, or like a journalist on like CNN or something. Just like the idea, the whole thing just really fascinates me and excites me. So I think that both things that can help me with advocacy, especially in terms of gender and equity um, and feminism, I think would be incredible. And then maybe if there's somehow time within everything to also learn a little bit about journalism would really excite me. I'm so excited for you. I kind of want to come to college with you. I wish I could. <laughs> I mean, I, I might need the help to do I know, my assignments. I know. So I might feel just, free. Like, just be a little sidekick if possible. I mean, I love New York's <laughs> like my second home. So I'm very happy to come back whenever you need me. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how Columbia will feel about that. But I mean, whatever, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. There's no such thing as no. (laughs) Um, Taking all of the the sort of the content producing and everything away, what is a normal day in food for you? Okay, so I have recently discovered the joy of jelly and butter on bread. Now I know I'm late to the game. Right. Okay. Nice. So I start my day with that. Um, I actually recently, since moving to Manhattan, I've actually like. So like I noticed, I actually realized, I think I was going through sugar withdrawal because I eat a lot of sugar usually. And for the first few weeks of living there, um, I just happened to eat a lot healthier just because of the nature of my like living situation. Um, and I was like getting very exhausted and like having headaches. So, like I did some research, I WebMD'd it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I think I have sugar withdrawal, which actually makes sense because I eat so much sugar usually. Yeah. Um, but I've actually reduced the amount of sugar I eat a lot. Um, so I start off my day with that. I really love lemonade. I always have lemonade almost every day. I, I'm a big lemonade person. Are we talking like a good homemade lemonade or are we talking like a seven up? So ideally homemade, but um, the reality is I don't always have time to do so. So a good just like Starbucks, honestly, Starbucks lemonade, not sponsored or anything. I do love a good Starbucks lemonade. And there's actually Starbucks like literally across the street from where I live. So um, it is exciting. And so yeah, start my day with that. And then typically I'll be filming videos right away. So I kind of do a lot of grazing. I'm almost like a cow throughout the day um, because I have like little bits of food throughout the day. Um, I always make sure to have a really healthy um, lunch is something that's really important. Um, I think that I really, I really need to fuel myself. It's Mm -hmm. one of the things that like I've learned about myself because I do work so hard and I push so hard. Um, I really need that fuel to get me through the day. So I like, we're talking lots of veggies, lots of, um, lots of protein. Um, So honestly living in Manhattan, it's great because it's kind of ironic. I, I eat a lot of food from restaurants, which is kind of funny because I cook. Uh, but the reality is, is because I cook for my job, like the kitchen's always messy. There's always a lot going on that it, there's not always time to make food in the kitchen for meals specifically. So I do a lot of food ordering. So like there's a, there's a bunch of great vegan restaurants right near where I live and I, I, I get those delivered. So honestly, I do a lot of grazing for lunch. I'll either, <laughs> either make lunch the people with me on set will make lunch um, and then or order it. And then I do more grazing throughout the day. And then I always make sure to have a really big uh, dinner. I always like I it's honestly like signs. It's weird. Sometimes I forget to eat 
sounds ridiculous because I'm surrounded by food all day, but there are a lot of days where I'm so focused on creating the content where I forget. So I always really push to have a big dinner. And then I, I, I really have a big sweet tooth. So like I'll always, after dinner, like warm up like a cinnamon bun or something of that sort. Um, but honestly, one of my favorite things about now living in Manhattan is the food. Like there's always food to try. In New York, you can get anything delivered. Some of the apartments don't even have kitchens. Like it's mad. Yeah, you can... You know, it's my favorite, one of my favorite things about living in the city now, I just moved in about a month and a half ago, is you can be almost 24-7 during the pandemic. Most restaurants close much earlier, so not as late at night, but almost 24-7, you can always order whatever food you want. What are some of your favorite restaurants? Um, okay, by Chloe is one I really love. It's this really great, you know, by Chloe, yeah. So we, by we, they just the, opened it in the UK a few years ago. I've actually been in the UK. Okay, okay. I fun fact, I love I love London. I've only been once, but it's I had such a blast. I think it's also partly the accents. I just like talking to people. Yeah. Um, it's it's so fun, but I just loved it. Oh my god, it was so fun. Um, and yeah, I actually did go by Chloe, and I was like, Wait, let me just let me just eat the same food that I eat in America <laughs> while I'm here. Um, but yeah, I love by Chloe. I this place called Beyond Sushi. Honestly, I'm not vegetarian, but I eat a lot of vegetarian food. Um, this place called Beyond Sushi, which is um, which is actually vegans like a vegan sushi place, and they oh, do wow. lots of vegetables. Um, nice. There's this place that's not that far away called uh, Mocha Burger that I really love. Um, Someone's told me about this. In my opinion, it's, I, I never, I never like said this publicly before, but in my opinion, it's the best burger I've ever had. Really, yeah. that's a big claim right there. It's really good. I mean, it's a little bit expensive, okay. but um, it is. That's actually sometimes like when I need like a big dinner, I'll go like after a long shoot day, I'm exhausted. I'm like, I need protein. I'll like yes. go to go to Mocha Burger and I'll just like grab like a mass and like oh, they're ridiculous. I actually just got a burger there. No joke, it was about a foot tall. I literally, I was like. I was like, I had to like eat sections. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start taking a little bite on the bottom. Then I'll do a little middle <laughs> bite, a top bite. It was, it was just like, it was delicious. But like, it was like almost like my jaw. I literally wish I was like a snake. I you was, had like, like locked jaw. Yeah. I was like, can I unattach like my jaw to consume this? But yeah, I mean, for me, like anything that has a lot of flavor and really filling, like I, I just, it, it's so exciting. I honestly haven't left my apartment that like, I actually like go days without leaving my apartment. Like I just came I have a fine apartment like literally a week. I just um, came home to visit my family for Purim today. Mm. And um, I have my car in a lot near where I live. And I like missed my car. I was like, I miss you. It's like, I love jamming out to music in the car. Um, my car also has a name. Like uh, I, it's named Belkali's Almanzar after Cardi B, like Cardi B's legal name. Oh my God. I love that. I, l- I think that is the best car name I've ever heard. I must agree. So I really miss Belkalis a lot. I refer to her, like I refer to her as a person because she also drives herself. Uh, it's, like, it's like a Tesla, so it has self driving. So like I'll be on the phone oh with people, God. like, "Oh, where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, Belkalis is driving me." They're like, "Who's Belkalis?" I'm like, "My car." <laughs> Days when you are at home and you aren't ordering in, what are some of your specialities for cooking? So I love a good like Indian feast. That's something I do a lot with my mom, um, where we'll all kind of man a different part of the meal. So one of us will work on a really delicious curry. We love to make our own homemade paneer at home, which is like the Ooh, um, nice. in- Indian cheese, um, whether we do like a palak paneer or paneer makhni in the butter sauce. Um, but then one of us will make like naan. I'll we'll make a rice dish. We'll make some maybe like um, chana masala, which is the chickpea 
um, curry. That's thing I really love. I love the process of it. I I could sit over, stand, well, not sit over. You don't sit on a curry, but stand over a curry like that's cooking away on the stovetop for a while. That really excites me. I'm a big tacoer. I I truly believe you could take almost anything and turn it into a taco. Not an authentic taco. Like yes, there's there's a time and place for an authentic taco. But just actually a few nights ago, I needed um, a dinner. I didn't want to like get any takeout, and like my kitchen was not that much of a mess after the day. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do some cooking. Um, and I made this really good. It was just like I took like mushrooms, sautéed them down, add some like chili powder, some cumin, some oregano, some chipotle powder um some other uh, maybe some other seasonings that i forgot about i sauteed that down with some garlic i made like a whole cheesy taco like i am a true believer like protein plus a tortilla plus the accoutrement on top you're good to go yeah i actually think mexican is my favorite cuisine in the world easily oh for me mexican indian uh indian yeah. maybe wins i actually had this conversation like would you would you would you if you had to go your your whole life without eating Indian or Mexican food, which would you choose? And I don't think I could choose. It's too difficult. Wait, I have a better one. Would you rather never eat a potato again or never eat pasta again? Okay. It's, so, it's impossible. No, I, this is quite an easy answer for me, actually. If you say potato, I don't, I don't know if we could be... <laughs> you just the podcast you don't like is done. He signed out. He's not even it's here. Nice He's not here anymore. <laughs> Wait, do not like potatoes? It was nice knowing you. It was nice... No, um, no, okay. Let me just rewind. I do like potatoes in a chip form, as in like potato chips and as fries. Um, okay. But I just don't really love potatoes. Like, I don't like mashed potato. Um, I like a roast potato because I know that my mum makes a good roast potatoes, but I'm not like... But like, you're telling me like if I couldn't eat pasta for the rest of my life... That's like a life or death situation we're dealing with here, you know. I mean, I, it... I would, I, I would agree. And also, you could love gnocchi because, and like, yeah, I don't know oh yeah, that's okay, that's a, a good middle line. ground. Yeah, okay, I can meet you in the middle somewhere. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying you must one day. Ready for this? One of my favorite quotes that I've, I've ever been quoted on an interview is that mashed potatoes is the best sauce for French fries, and that I will take that to the grave. Wow, it is. <laughs> You must. Dipping french fries in mashed potatoes. I get a lot of hate for this. Everyone I know is like, Eitan, you are absolutely insane. You're it's like, this is your serial killer trait. I promise you it is life changing. Like it is, there's no okay. better sauce for french fries. Like ketchup, ketchup. Nope, nope, nope. No. Step okay. aside. All mashed right. Potatoes. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you one day and I will film the process. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to me. I would love to see it. Okay. I finished my conversations with a few quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready. So my favorite snack of all time is what you guys call a potato chip. What is your favorite flavor of potato chips and why? I think you're going to ask my favorite cookie. What my favorite snack was, I was about to say cookies, but favorite potato chip, um, was probably barbecue. Wait, I'm sorry. Ketchup chips. I know the whole world hates ketchup chips. When you eat ketchup chips, you have to stay far away from all other humans, but they're just divine. Right. So you are not the first person that has mentioned ketchup chips to me. Uh, in the last season, two of my guests spoke about this to the point that I had to get my family who currently live in Canada to send them over to the UK in a padded box. And these three huge packets arrived at the house. And I did like a whole like ceremony. I like sat down, got myself prepared for this. Um, I was a little bit disappointed I mean, they're not like life changing, but like I, I like them. 
no, I and I and I and I can see why because they're very vinegary. Yes. I I, very, I, like, very I don't I didn't hate them. I, uh, but you know, for me like a salt and vinegar probably goes above, but I, I didn't hate them. Um this is going to be a good one for you. What is the craziest food you've ever eaten? Craziest food I've ever eaten. Okay, one of them would be maybe aloe vera, but it's not really a food because I spit it out after like two seconds. It's very bitter. <laughs> um, aloe vera. Recently, I did a video. I tried a pink pineapple, which was pretty cool. It's naturally Ooh, pink. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, and then another one, you know what I really want to try? I have not had a chance to yet is durian is on my goal like you know like this smelly fruit i've never had it before there's a place in london in soho that's like an asian ice cream parlor and they do durian ice cream i've never had durian but that sounds wildly exciting so after the pandemic i am i will come and we'll go i did a whole video on youtube for and it was like an ice cream walk and we tasted durian ice cream i had no idea what durian was until that day i will be watching that after this. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fascinating it's, it's actually very nice in ice cream I really liked it. Okay, what has been your most memorable meal? I just think with my family a lot. Like, I think, uh, like, a mem- oh, you, oh, I know one. Last, this past Thanksgiving, um, to keep it very safe, we had an outdoors Thanksgiving with my two grandmas, where wow. they were they were literally 30 feet away from us. We were like, it was literally like a triangle. We were all very far away from each other. Um, and I think it was really memorable because it was the first time since like the beginning of the pandemic that we were really all together. Um, and it was just really incredible to be able to celebrate um, just being with them in a way that was really, like, for example, like we had like a buffet and everyone wore their masks to get their food one at a time. Oh, it was like very nice. safe. So I think, I think that was a memorable meal just because it was so um also we had we had lost my grandfather um to covid so it was really the first time that we were able to oh, kind of so all be together as a family thank you yeah so i think it was one of the first times also we were able to be together all as a family nice one what food sums up happiness for you chocolate chip cookies and or cinnamon buns um they're my two favorite one of my two favorite things on earth chocolate chip cookies like fresh baked if like no we're not talking about any boxed cookie fresh yeah. baked chocolate chip cookies like, eat, like even when you take them out of the oven and they're still too hot to eat, but you eat them regard like nonetheless, yeah. and then you burn the top of your mouth. Yeah, that's like it. that's heaven to me. Yeah, and like, where do you get a good chocolate chip cookie like that? You make it. <laughs> Final question, and I think the most important: live to eat or eat to live. Oh, live to eat 100%. I, I will live to eat. I will travel to eat. Whenever I travel anywhere, the only thing I carry, like when I went to like the UK, like the only thing I care, no offense to all the other great things about the UK, <laughs> but I only cared about the food. I, yeah. whenever I travel, like literally it's just like, okay, like what are we doing for breakfast? What are we doing for snack? What are we doing for snack number two? What are we doing for lunch? What are we doing for mid-lunch snack? Like for me, 100%, like I, uh, yeah, I, I, food is I food motivates me like I like I said I literally drove 40 well I guess a total of an hour and a half both ways like we could calculate both ways to get a babka um 100% like I oh my god food actually is like the thing that makes me happy like whenever like I'm upset like I I it's not even just like eating like ice cream I'm not talking about like eating ice cream when I'm upset like I like like fancy food like like I oh my god food food genuinely like keeps me so excited like people always say like Aton, how are you so happy how are you so excited and it's just food like there's a never-ending amount of foods that exist in this world to be excited about and even the way when you're talking you can see how excited you get I love it I love it I love, I love it. You're food. the perfect guest for this podcast 
Eitan, you. you have been such a pleasure to speak to. And I really only wish great things, you know, on Thank the journey you. that you're on. And I really do think there's going to be some big things coming your way. I think I think you're brilliant. You can follow, Thank if you. you don't already follow this guy, you can follow him on social media at Eitan. Now, that is spelt E-I-T-A-N. Until next time, guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time, bye.